Before I get into this, I have to mention that this particular episode had a few technical difficulties, so you'll notice like some some chopping out. Um, I didn't end up editing any of the context, but the audio dropped out like probably about 12 times. So if it seems like something is like missing, um, technology, I tell ya, technology. Uh, yep. So let's carry on. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. Chanrin is a top-notch human being, and I'm very proud to call him one of my friends. In this episode, we are going to provide a lot of value for anybody that's looking to get out there and believe in themselves. One of the the key industries that'll benefit is anybody that's got to rely on their creativity to to thrive. And that can go for trainers, that can go for most small businesses, because you have to stand out. There's a lot of entrepreneurship out there. Um, but most importantly, photographers, anybody that's uh, part of the Urban Yag community, you're going to benefit from getting to know more about Chan. Because if there's anything that I like to uh, follow or like a rule of thumb, if somebody is doing something and you're like, man, I wish I could do it like that person, just learn, learn more about them, learn more about their story and see how they got to where they are, what kind of habits they had to have, what kind of uh, obstacles they had to overcome, because that's going to give you a better idea of what that process is like. It's not always green grass on the other side. It's not always super easy, straight path up. But uh, if you believe in yourself and if you believe in what you do and it matters to you, then you can do it. Hope you enjoy and be sure to uh, share this one. Thank you. Welcome to episode 55 of the Lifestyle Chase. I'm joined by the one and only Chan Rin. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Chris? I'm excellent. What's your morning routine like? What, what did you do today? When did you wake up? Today, I woke up at um, I think like six fifty or six forty-five a.m. and that's that's generally uh, around the time that I'll wake up. and And the reason why is um, um, my wife kind of gets ready for her day. Um, she works she works full time, and uh, part of my routine um, is I'll uh, I'll drop her off at her work downtown in the morning. I live in the West End, and so it kind of takes it just like that's just her morning routine, and then. We'll get our, um, we have a five-year-old son, and so uh, he goes to daycare, so we get him in the process of getting up, and sometimes that's a that's a process in itself, like, you don't, you can't just go into his bedroom and like, hey, it's time to get up. He's like, he's out, and he gets grumpy if you, if you're like, you're in his room and just like, you're there like, hey, get up, get up, get up, you know, so we have to like, go into the room, turn on the, like, turn on the lights, like, at a dim level and just like hey let him know that it's time to get up and he's he's has to get ready um you know, you know put it together his breakfast and then i will put together or like my wife allison will put together like his lunch that's part of the routine like it's a um i liked it better when he was just in daycare where um they, like we didn't have to make lunches for him like that's when he was like he, he sorry he's still in is he's still in daycare but he does um 
he's uh, in kindergarten right now too. So um, we have to make his lunch for it's for um, kindergarten, right? Yeah. But when he was just like up to age four, they provided all the food at the daycare. So like it was just like one less step, right? But I don't know all the parents listening right now. It's like this is, it is a pain in the ass to like get that lunch ready. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just that it's just that one more thing in the morning, right? But anyways, that's what we do. Um, and then um, we leave the house by like eight o'clock um, and then most times like uh, so I try to I try to plan my workouts as well um, I work out at the um, the good life uh, the brewery district downtown and I'll time it so that I'll be able to drop off Allison at work uh, for around like 8 eight thirty, and then I'll just go to the gym downtown after but typically that's my morning Nice. Um, yeah, and then but if I have a shoot, like if I have a shoot scheduled like nine o'clock, then that's what I do, and then I'm not going to the gym. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. What are your three favorite things about being a dad? Um, I would say um, it's it's knowing that there's there's uh, at the end that like you know the mornings the mornings are they can be a little rough. You know, getting things going, but I know that um, at the end of the day, when I pick up Kiri, um, there's someone who's got like a um, who's just kind of waiting for me. He's happy to see me. There's a smiling face that's just like ready to like he's ready to come home. Um, so there's just I just know that there's uh, it's kind of like, and I pick him up at the end of my day. So, um, but it's like it's just a nice wrap up to my day. Like maybe I'm you know sometimes like. I'm having a shitty day or something it's like I just know that there's kind of like this light waiting for me yeah. you know at like 5 p.m. right yeah so someone who's just you know and then um, so it, it's just nice to, to have someone there and you know to know that there's like gonna be a at least a, a you know happy ending to your day right so um, so that's that's you know that's that's nice um, another thing is like I I'm right now I was like I, I'm 36 36 years old, um, when he was, um, sorry, sorry, before we had Kiri, um, we were in kind of like a, uh, my wife and I were just like, just very routine doing, doing our thing, but like, I just like, there was a, there was a few reasons, but like, we, I didn't feel like my life was, if it was feeling fulfilled in my life, and now having, um, you know, bringing on another life into this world, it's like, it's uh, it's very fulfilling for for us as a couple and as a married couple to have um, just this new life in our life, and it's um, it's it's just uh, it's just like a you're adding another um, just another person into your life that's um, that you're you get to teach you get to teach them things and you get to and like it's it's interesting like as you're as a parent as you're teaching them something. Um, you're learning things as well, you know. Um, uh, the, so to answer your question, the third thing I'd say um, about being a, a dad is like you. Um, I uh, I enjoy I enjoy some of the um, the like just sitting like the 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 time with my my son like just it's like um, whether it be like something simple as watching TV. We love watching movies together, but I love having him right now as a, as a kid, like as a five-year-old, like sometimes he'll just want to come sit with me yeah. on my lap and yeah. we're just like watching a movie together. So it's, it's, 
it's like I think it's that I would say it's like I enjoy having that touch you know mm-hmm. that's it people say that you need um, people who have hugs every day you know people they're happier yeah it's true you know it's but true. if you don't have someone to hug every day you know like it's uh, it's it's kind of you know you it, it's it's kind of tough right but it, mm-hmm. but if you have someone um, you know you're in a relationship or you have you have kids and it's like you have that that it's that connection you know so but I mean I enjoy there's a there's a million other things I enjoy about being a dad but I'd say those are those are probably three of my favorite things I guess awesome I like it something that stands out to me lately is your recent uh, photo shoot for evolve some of those are looking pretty slick and then you've done a lot of work for some other major companies and groups like city of Edmonton being one of them and this is kind of this is these are the kind of jobs that a person might see and they're like you know he just got those handed to him like it was just given to him somebody said that to you how would you react um that's a good question um well i i would first i i would say first like i'd be humble about it um you know but um I, it's kind of like, I think people most of the time, um, they, they look at someone say right now, someone who's like successful and they look at them and they're like, um, they, they might, or it's just easier to see that, um, they just like, they're there. Like they, they, I think a lot of times people forget or even, um, they forget to think about what the hell did this person have to do to be able to do what they're doing? So as an example, um, the, you know, the city of Edmonton, um, huge organization, right? Like they're, they are, uh, I guess, I don't know if you, I don't know. I mean, they're, you can consider them a business in the sense like they, you know, they have, they have revenues and they have, uh, ex, you know, expenses and um, they employ like city managers and people and whatnot. So it's, it is, it's an organization, but um, they have a full-on marketing team. They have a brand. Um, they want to be working just like any any company, like or any major company. They want to be working with people who are going to be, who they know are going to be able to produce the quality of images that they require. Um, and also, people they want to be working with people who understand their vision and um, they they get what they're after. That. So not only is the quality there, but are they able to deliver the the, uh, the content-wise the images and the visuals that they require? So they're not just gonna willy-nilly like tap Joe on the street, you know, um, on the shoulder and say, "Hey, you want to shoot for us, right?" And um, and you know what's crazy about that too is, say, with the city of Edmonton, they have hundreds of other photographers to you know that they have their choice of working with and and I know that they have they right now they have a they have a pool of photographers that they work with but um, you have to qualify to work with them it's there's yeah like it's not just because like somebody's friend or something's getting you in like um, you know as an example I didn't know anybody in the city of Edmonton so like it's not like a, a friend got me in there right so um, I had to qualify for that um, but you know just like um, if we're talking about Evolve like you asked me well, so John, he's a photographer himself. He has photographed for Evolve. Um, he is very well aware of other photographers that 
you know, he's got choices to work with in the city. Um, but he, in a, you know, he's, he has a certain brand to protect and he has a certain, uh, certain look that he's, he's wanting for his brand. So um, he wanted to work with someone who he believed would be able to produce what he's looking for. And as a photographer himself, I would say like he's got that discerning eye. Like he actually knows what he's talking about, <laughs> you know? So um, he's not about to like, again, like willy nilly tap somebody on the shoulder and say, hey, can you shoot for me, you know? And so, um, so I would say that, you know, to, for someone, if, if they were thinking that, you know what, Chan's a lucky guy, he got this handed to him. Um, I had to sit down in meetings to, to discuss what we were gonna be shooting and whatnot. Like, I still had to, I have to work for every job that I do. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. I'd say like, nothing is, nothing is handed to me. And I built, I built Vivid Ribbon um, from scratch. And like, I, you know, to this, every day, every day I'm working, every day I'm working hard to, to earn people's business. So none of these jobs were just like handed to me and like, yeah, if, if, if um, anybody out there is kind of thinking like, well, it's, uh, you know, it's easy or like, oh, you know, someone, you know, someone that, and like, they just get handed. It's like, that's not the way it is. And, and it's like, you have to, you have to work, you have to work at, and like, they're, you have to think that, you know what, um, every brand, every business has, they have people that like, they have a choice of who they get to work with. And like, they're going to be working with people who they believe would be able to produce those results. And so they're not just going to, I guess the, the way to put it is like, they're not just going to hand people jobs because they like you as a person or something. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what it comes down to is when a person sees someone who is, uh, having success or maybe, the product of their hard work just has that image of success because like social media can be very deceiving. Um, it gives them permission to like not try as hard because they, they don't really think about how much effort that other person took to get to that point. Like they're comparing their day one with somebody else's day 6,000. Mm -hmm. Um, so I like to sort of dive into the times when it's tough because I find that if somebody's going to get something from a conversation, they're usually going to get something from the toughest moments that people have had in their, their small business or their creative pursuits. And I know that we've talked personally on some moments when it was like, holy crap, how am I going to get through this? So if you can think of like a day or two, maybe, maybe three days tops when you were at your lowest motivation with the most things that could have possibly held you back. And what did you implement to keep moving forward? Like, how did that process go? Um, I, I mean, one, one really sticks out, um, you know, in my photography business, but if, um, I'll give you just a quick history here. In uh, 2015 is when um, I decided to leave my full-time job and go full-time into Vivid Ribbon. Uh, that was October 2015. And then um, things were things were like really happening. That's why I decided to go full-time. Like I had a bunch of business lined up. Um, and so like, you know, December, January, February, like that, those winter months were really good. Um, I made, I worked with some big companies and then, 
something I wasn't expecting was um, so July of 2016 so just like uh, just I don't know, like a few months later um, I wasn't expecting this but I didn't get booked for anything like that July um, I didn't make a single penny in July and uh, that really hurt me um, I guess like as a, like as a business as a um, and it as a like as a father as a partner as a husband it hurt me because I have a certain responsibility like a financial responsibility to my family that um, I you know I need to bring in a certain amount of money per month so that um, you know I'm, I'm sharing the load that I'm paying I'm paying I'm helping to pay the bills that we need to pay but um, you know if and you know the so financially it was it was tough because if I'm not making if I didn't make a penny in July of that that year that means that um, well it has the money has to come from somewhere you know well we have to you take money out of like your line of credit or something but um, I also knew that what it also meant that is like well if if uh, three uh, like say it was like three thousand um, dollars if like three thousand dollars was um, coming out of her line of credit just to you know cover that month well to pay off that line of credit um, I would have to make like double that the next month or down the line to pay off the the like the money that we took out right so and and at that time like you're thinking you know I'm thinking what's the likelihood of me making up this money pretty fast like because I not only then I have to worry about the next month that budget that same budget it's so it it was um, it kind of hurt me down the road for like another probably three to four months to try to make up that the rest of that money to like pay back that that debt so um, that that really hurt um, uh, you know but to answer your question how did I you know what did I do um, I don't for me as a person I don't um, if, if something hits me hard I don't I you know I take a moment and go like oh fuck like this this sucks but um, I don't I know that worrying about it um, feeling defeated or something like that that doesn't help the situation so I'm, I'm a very um, proactive type of person or and, and someone who kind of is like forward-thinking I'm like I'm very optimistic as well so um, I don't let that keep me down it's like I'll give it I'll give it like five minutes right to feel shitty but then I'm like you know what I'm gonna I'm going to I'm gonna change this and I look at I kind of analyze what what happened why why didn't I get booked for July for anything and and the reason why was was because um, I didn't understand at the time it was my first it was I was going into my first year of being full-time and I guess I, I didn't understand um, the cycles that my my own clients were, were were going through and what I found out was like well in July um, that's typically when the the people who make decisions in, in companies they they're going on vacation so that's why like there's kind of a little bit of a lull there because no large businesses are kind of making their their um, decisions at that point to, to, to like move forward with like um, with like some of their major marketing um, projects so um, what I did then was like you know what this happened I, I was like you know what um, I just need more people to to talk to I need to put myself out there more so I just what I what I remember doing was I put together a spreadsheet and I was like okay well I need to talk I need to talk to more people in my market um, you know looking for potential prospects so 
I what I did was I just I um, put together this Excel spreadsheet. I was looking at um, it's just like internet searches about potential clients that I could be working with, and I I wrote down who who I was reaching out to. I wrote down the date that I was uh, reaching out to them, and I and I just I remember firing off like sixty plus messages within um, a short amount of time after like so this is going into August now, and um, uh, what that was doing was I was just I was uh, hoping that. Um, I, that I could pick up some new clients in, in August and um, I remember it worked out that you, you know when you're when you're cold emailing people or cold messaging people there's a low response rate but um, I think for me it was like it was kind of like I was just kind of thinking what what can I do in this moment right now like what what is the best thing that I can do right I needed more clients so I just tried to reach out to more people um, but you know, uh, after that, um, you know, to answer your question, there was if there's some other days that kind of were, were rough. Um, December of that same year, two thousand sixteen. That was a rough. That was a rough month. Um, but it was kind of like same scenario. Well, I didn't do enough. I didn't do enough of that prospecting ahead of time you know like when you're if you're if you're in a business then you know that like as you you should always be reaching out like reaching out to people like even if you're busy right that's part of your you got to be like you that's you got to be doing your your sales like you got to be doing things for your, your your business so i guess like i i think what happened was like july got bad then it got better and then i kind of took that for granted and then stopped pursuing other like new clients and then you know the December kind of was starting to look light like July right so it was uh, so then what I did though in, in that December was I was like fuck it like you know what I'm not I was very determined I was like I'm not having this again yeah like, I'm, I'm not having a zero month again so what I did was um, I did that I just continued my spreadsheet I kept track of people who was reaching out to and then I remember getting um, what it is. Sometimes it's luck of the draw. Sometimes what it is is like a company. You know, I'll just ask. Like, I'll I'll ask a company like, hey, um, um, if they were if they need any photography for their business. And I remember this one large this one of my large clients. They they actually said, yeah, actually we were just in the process of looking at revamping our website and like getting some new uh, photography for our, our company. So they just, they basically said, you, you, you messaged me at the right time. And I was like, great. So that year, so that was 2016. So going 2017, um, things were a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was basically me, you know, to, to make things better was just me not, um, just sitting there doing nothing. It's, it's like, what, what do I have? available to me what resources do i have available to me what can i do to make this better and i i did yeah well it's kind of like you get hit with a shitty day a shitty month and you're like all right that's kind of out of my control now what is in my control and like just like you said taking that spreadsheet kind of taking that five minute to sit in the shit and then get out yeah and do things to make the situation better um if you could describe one reason why you started Urban Yeg. What would that one reason be? So, 
Yeah, that's that's a good question. I get I get asked a lot. Um, you know, I, I've been thinking about that. I I would say my the one 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 big reason or the the biggest reason is I've always felt compelled to give back to people. And Urban Yeg is my way to give back to people. And so you know, I would say for those who are listening right now who don't know what Urban Yeg is. Urban Yeg is is a um, is a community. It's like a volunteer community of creatives that I started in two thousand fifteen, and this was actually um, probably eight months before I went full time in my own photography. And what I was thinking was, um, for me, I I had this passion and desire to give back in a way that I I could. And so, you know, m- most people think of you know giving back as as sort of like contributing to charity of some sort is like, like, I don't know, giving money or something. But for me, I was like, well, I don't have a ton of cash, you know, um, I have a young family, like, I don't have a, I was working full time, but like, I wasn't getting paid very much at my full time job. So I was like, I don't have a ton of cash, but I was thinking, well, what are my passions right now? Well, I'm, I, 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 I was starting, I had a part time photography business. I knew that I wanted to go full time in photography. And I was thinking, well, um, you know what? There's a, there's a gap in Edmonton right now where there's um, people who are, um, there's lots of great photographers in Edmonton right now who they're just not, there's just no platform for them to get to know each other. And there's no, um, and I was thinking for myself, as someone who's starting off in photography, I had no mentor in photography. I had no coach. And I was thinking, well, these, I see these, uh, I see these, the, the, a lot of, a lot of great talents in Edmonton, but no one's connecting them. But at the same time, I see a lot of young photographers starting off and I was thinking, well, a lot of people are in my position. Why don't I, why don't I be the guy to, to create this platform that can connect them and, and create some like mentorship and, and, um, some community around that. And so I started Ermiag as a way for me, as an outlet for me to give back. It was, it was, I knew that I could give knowledge. I had lots of knowledge. I had time, so that was my. It was kind of like my opportunity, uh, my avenue of, of me. Like that's my ability to give back to community. So um, that was really the biggest reason why I started Urban Yeg. I like it. What inspired you to come up with the name Vivid Ribbon? <laughs> I get asked that sometimes too. <laughs> um, so yeah, but like you know, if when you think about it, um, there's there's a couple reasons. Um, Okay, so I knew when I first started off, uh, like the the business, I didn't want it to be like Chan Rin's photography, you know, or, because like to me it was like every I when I was thinking about getting into photography, I, I looked at the market and I was like, there's a ton of other photographers out here already in Edmonton, and I need to I need to set myself apart, and you know who you know who, and like. I just, to me personally, this is a personal thing. I just think it's, it's kind of, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell the people listening about it, but like, it's kind of lame to be like your first name, last name photography. Yeah. You know, I think because I worked in marketing, um, I went to like, I went to school for marketing. I love like branding and whatnot. And I was like, you know what? There's just something lame if there was Chan Rin photography. So it, it, I was like, I need to make a brand. Like I need to make a brand out of like, but not my name, but like I need to make a name that that makes people think or like make that like it's it's uh, it makes people ask questions. So so how it how it came about was um, 
so my wife is Allison is my business partner and we were thinking okay well what what can we do what what kind of photography business name can we make up and um, I remember us like just lying down in bed uh, one day like just uh, um, thinking about this is the start of the business and we were thinking well what about like like you know so for you know for photography people think of like you know vivid um, vivid um, you know something's got to be vivid like uh, uh, for for pictures they got to be you know there's something strong and um, it's got to be like compelling about it right so it's got to be vivid but then but then like we kind of think how lame is it if there was like vivid photography like there's already if you search up on Google there's already people like called vivid photography I'm like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna do that so um, we were thinking about okay well what you know what else can we add to it and like how did the ribbon part come up okay this is my my wife Allison came up with this and she was like okay okay if um, if you think about presents like like as a as a package if I if I came to you and I um, and I like wrapped up a gift in like newspaper and they presented it to you how do you feel about that present not you know, not knowing what's inside, but already just by looking at the presentation, how do you feel about what's yeah, inside? it's just newspaper. It's like, what's this? Yeah. It's yeah. like, well, Chan, what are you giving me, right? What's this piece of crap that's going to be in the inside, right? Yeah. But if I gave you, if I put together the time to wrap up this, like, your present in a box, I, uh, I put, like, I, I chose um, um, something like shiny um, wrapping paper. I put a nice bow on it. I did like ribbons and then I presented that to you and you still didn't know what was inside it. How do you feel about this gift I'll now? I get super pumped about you, that. You're right. You'd get, you would say there's something, there's something special about like what's potentially inside, right? And that you're judging that based off of this, of, of what it looks like on the outside. So that was the kind of idea with Vivid Ribbon was like, um, we want people as a, like to look at our brand as like, well, before you, you might, you might see our name, you might you know you might see your name before you get to know us but uh, but if like you don't get the chance to know us at least like you are seeing this brand and we want you to get excited about this brand and we want you to get excited about um that we're that you know these these that before you even see the images that we've produced that you're excited about and you're pumped up about um the, like the the level of quality that you're gonna get from from us so yeah. That was the idea. It's, it's kind of um, just getting excited about um, the package, the presentation, um, the brand before you even get to see the pictures. And I like about how you talked about presentation and brand and appearance and all those things because my next thing I'm going to segue into is people sort of assessing or identifying or welcoming people into your life and on what terms do you base that on? Because basically we have limited amount of hours in the day in our life at some point we need to draw the line of like what people we are going to do business with or go to barbecues with all these things when you're coming across a person for the first time what are five things that stand out to you what what things resonate what things kind of differentiate someone who you align with versus someone that you don't that's a good question um, well, I think you're, you know, you're right about, um, 
it's about assessing yeah it's like your, your time um, you start realizing as you get busier in whatever you're doing you start realizing that okay well your time is limited and you can't just you can't just give everybody your time like or you like you're talking about um, maybe you got invited to a barbecue or something or like you got a, so many people are gonna wanna want your time and you, you know you're gonna get invites to go to a party a friend's party a, a birthday party some barbecue and you need to assess like well um, what are my priorities right now how do I how do I determine like if I'm gonna be going to this barbecue you know like um, or should I be doing something that's um, should I be spending time with my family should I be doing something for my my business or something that I'm like something else that's like very important to me right so um, I've always been a people person and um, it's my personality like the relationships and so um, I've just like over over time I've gotten to know I've been able to get a good sense of uh, people and I would say what what matters to me of like if um, if you're asking me like how do I how do I know like if um, if I'm gonna be um, if I'm gonna you know get along with this person or like if I'm gonna be um, um, like if we're gonna be friends or something like or if I'm gonna be like or like how do how do I know if like they're aligning with my values and whatnot. Um, I, I like to have a conversation with people just to, like if I meet someone, uh, you know, people tend to typically ask, hey, um, you know, if I've met you, Chris, for the first time, I'm going to ask you, hey, Chris, what do you, what do you do? You know, you tell me you're a personal trainer and, and um, you know, that's surface stuff, right? Those are like factual information, but I like to get to know people um, and I like to get down to like, you know what, do I, you know, as we start getting further into the conversation, I, I'll get to know if, if like our values align, and those are things like so I would so I would ask um, um, I would ask it, it not not directly, but it's like what do you um, what do you I'd ask things like where do you where do you see yourself like what do you what's you know, these are, I wouldn't say these exactly, but it's like, it, I would try to be digging down into like, you know, what's, what's important to you? You know, is it, um, is it, uh, like, yeah, it, it just, it would just be through conversation about, I would find out if, um, the things that a lot that matter to you, if they matter to me. So if you, yeah. if you right off the bat, like <laughs> there's guys, there's guys that you'll see at the, the coffee shops, you know, these guys in suits, um, like it's just it's I it's funny kind of thinking about this because uh, I see it you know there's guys sitting in a sitting in a coffee shop like a Starbucks they're sitting in like a nice suit and they have this book and this book is like some some type of success book and I know exactly you know who these guys are right and I know exactly what motivates them and and it's it's money and so if I take that person for example, and I'm like talking to them, I'm talking to them, and I find out like you know what money is the um, money is the driving factor in their life. It's like you know what, I've already made the decision. Like I don't like you. You and I don't align because like money is not a huge motivating factor for me. It's not like it's important, but it's not the like the driving factor for like what, what you know drives my life. So that immediately just like I already know that you're not someone I'm gonna spend a lot of time with. Um, but if I find out if, if so like Chris if I'm talking to you and, and you're telling me that um, You want to give back to Community, you know, and I, I would ask you how, how are you doing that? 
and you might be saying or you, you might be saying well you know I create these um, these podcasts and I want to share the stories of other people and all of a sudden say whoa that's that's interesting because um, giving back to people is important to me so I would find out a little bit more about your 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 podcast yeah you know what you're doing so yeah. we would have more conversations about like we'd go deeper but you know and this might it's not it doesn't take an hour to find out this information it, it might only take like a, a 10 10 minute conversation you know but you can there's there's a there's intuitiveness you know there's your gut feeling about people yeah. but um but essentially it's you know what um and that's not i'm gonna say this right now this is not about figure out, figuring out if like somebody's bad or good or something like that because it's like it's it's about um you valuing your own time and about knowing that you know what you got a ton of people in your life and and about um it's about who you're going to be spending your time with and like and who you're going to be giving your time to and like and um there's going to be people in there who come going to come in and out of your life and um that you only have a finite amount of time as you say that um why would I give my time and like to people who don't like they they don't align with my values, right? So, yeah. But I would say to answer your questions, like you can, I think through just like a simple conversation, you can find out if somebody's values align with yours. And I I guess to, I guess what's important to me now is like I I I only do want to be spending my time with people who their values align with mine. Yeah, it makes the most sense. Totally. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to um, you want to be the closest, best version of yourself as possible. And if someone's going to make you further away from being that, then it it's working against what you need to work towards. So I know for myself personally, I need to be surrounded by people who make me better at being myself. If it's going to direct me in a direction where I am suddenly further away from what's most important to me based on someone else's perception of what I should be, then that is not going to end well. And it's something that I think everybody has experiences with. I think everybody will run across a path in their life where they start to, to identify that what they're doing or an influence around them is causing them to stray away from their core values. And it's super important to identify. And I've come up with uh, a question that I like to ask people because it kind of tells me a bit about them. In the last seven days, what's the thing that happened to you that you are the most proud of? That, yeah, it's a good question. That is a good question. Um, so in the last seven days, what's what, what am I most proud of? What stands out the most? Um, it's uh, for me. It's it's not gonna be um, so the last seven days. It's not gonna be it's not gonna be business um, because like right now it's like right now business is business. It's just like this is what I do on a daily basis. Um, but I'll say. Uh, it's gonna be my the urban yeg team so right now in the in the urban yeg team we have um, we have 13 people on the team um, and these are all volunteers these are all these are all guys from the community who uh, who share the same passion and uh, and and um, uh, you know desire to build 
uh, to build a community of people who want to make positive impact in, in the you know in the in the creative in the creative community here in Edmonton and they're on the team right now and I'm I you know I'm the director of the team and I'm, I'm responsible to lead and manage this team of volunteers uh, and but within our within our group we have other leaders as well and um, so the you know we, we've had challenges um, in the in the past and in, in it's it has to do with you know taking taking a volunteer group of people and doing something bigger with it and you know when you operate from a, a volunteer position I don't know if you know like you've you've worked with uh, a volunteer organization where you're like you were in charge of leading other volunteers but you know it's it's different than when you're getting paid I'll say that right when you're when you're getting paid at work like you know people people will people have their bound uh, you know to do what they've been paid to do like they kind of have to do it um, but with a volunteer organization you're working with people's passion you're working with people's um, and you know I've already identified this with my team is that we operate from a place where there's other priorities well ahead of where Urban Yake fits in their life and I'm trying to work with that kind of small piece in their life and um, so what I did last week was um, I put together a document that was um, that was really what I was trying to do was get everybody back together and just um, getting people to remember why they joined the team. You know, because I, I think like with 13 people on the team and everybody lives in different parts of the city and we don't we don't work together like on a daily basis, uh, like in person. We're kind of, we work remotely and through messaging. Um, things could get lost and people people can um, uh, can forget their, their why as to, you know, why they're doing it. So what I did was, I think it was like, I think it was last Thursday, I spent four and a half hours putting together this document, um, uh, talking about like what, just briefly, well, it was like, what is Urban Yeg? How does it work? Like, what are we doing? And I listed a bunch of things about what have we done? What have we done in, in as a group, as Urban Yeg? And what are our challenges right now? And one of them was that, you know, there was, uh, it's that we just haven't been putting, like, as a team, we just haven't been putting in um, the time and the attention that it deserves, you know, to get some real progress in it. And, and then, but what I really wanted to do was at the end, talk about our why. And I actually put it as a title, like at the end of this page, just talk about the why. And I, I put about four different points about why, like, like why does Urban Yig matter? You know, what, why are we here? And and, you know, I sent it out to the team, to the entire team, and I, I said, hey, let me know what you think about this. And afterwards, I got a few messages saying that, um, you know, one person said, hey, Chen, you know, and I, I know that I haven't been giving this the attention it deserves. Um, but, you know, and I know that you're only asking for like one hour a week. And I, I totally know that I have one hour a week to, to put into this. So basically what it, the point of my, me doing this last week was to inspire my team to like, you know, to inspire my team, but get them to remember their why, you know, why they're doing it. And I think it worked. So, um, you know, as a leader, someone, I had to put in that time, that four and a half hours when I, you know, I, I should have been editing work and whatnot, but like I put in the, I put in this time so that I could help inspire my team to get refocused and I think since last week there's been I can feel the energy within the team that it's like people are like more engaged so I'm proud of that mm -hmm. it's cool it's cool that 
out of everything you could have picked out, you're picking out a moment where you cultivated strengths in other people. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's that's why I like that question because it identifies things about people. And I want to give our listeners a little backstory about like how you and I met. Because it's kind of cool. I think we probably would have had our phone call conversation probably around your, your quiet month in 2016, I think. Because I got hired on for Egg Fitness. And TJ got you to give me a call for like the phone call interview to kind of like see if I was a good fit. And I just remember we, we talked for like a good half hour or so. Yeah. And you asked me questions about like what I was passionate about, what I liked about like fitness and what my backstory was. And I told you about my goals to, to essentially just like break into the industry. Having a hard time doing it, but I had these, these things that I wanted to do. And something that stood out for me was that I, I had identified people that I had met so far. You're, you're probably going to meet a lot more people. You're probably going to get a chance to collaborate with more people and you'll notice how it'll kind of build your career and it's exactly what happened. I think we've known each other for almost three years now. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Like you've been around for the whole journey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, actually when I think about it, yeah, I remember having that phone call with you and, and there was other, there was like um, uh, three other people that I called that day and just had this conversation with, um, you know, I was explaining the opportunity that we had at, at Yeg Fitness and and what was, uh, you know, what was available to you. And I remember, yeah, we were having that conversation about you were working at the warehouse at the time and um, and you were explaining, because that was one of my questions was like, what do you, like, what do you want to do, you know? And you told me that, well, definitely you don't want to be working in the warehouse, that like you, you're trying to get out of it. and. Um, I think we were just kind of going through like, what, what are you going to do to get out of that? And, and um, you were explaining some of the options or kind of the paths that you were thinking of taking. And yeah, and you know, at that time, so this, if, if this was still in 16, then I would have already been working with Yag Fitness for, I guess, two years. So I, um, I think what I, was, what I was explaining to you was basically the opportunity that I got. So I, you know, the, so with working with Yag Fitness and um, and kind of starting that opportunity with TJ there was that I, I, that totally helped my growth. You know, I got to meet a ton of people within the health and wellness industry here in Edmonton that I don't think I would have gotten that same opportunity had I not been involved with Yag Fitness. And I think, and I, and I was, um, I was, uh, well, I think what I was trying to explain to you was that like that, that really benefited me. And then I, I was trying to explain to you that, yeah, if you were to join the Yag Fitness team, that um, you would have those same opportunities, you know, and that it would, you know, it would cultivate your, your growth and um, it would help you, it would help you along in your journey. You know? Yeah. It's just cool to think back and be like, yep, called it, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it, you know what, it's, um, it's, you know, I, I think that it's totally true that if um, it's these uh, experiences and, and, and it's about opportunities, mm-hmm. that's, uh, Opportunities, it's opportunities that will help you figure out what you want to do. It's opportunities that are going to help you um, get better at what you do. And it's uh, basically the more people that you get to meet in your life, 
um, the more opportunities that you're that's just going to grow from there. And um, you know, but that's why, as well, also like if if Yeg Fitness wasn't there, um, I wouldn't have met you. I don't know if. It'd be pretty hard to cross paths otherwise. Yeah, like I don't know, you know. Yeah, like I don't just, um, you know, in the in the health and fitness in like the health and wellness industry. Um, while I I enjoy working out, I enjoy the you know that fitness uh, lifestyle. I don't like I don't do like a, I don't know I don't do a ton of reading into like in the city right now. Like I don't I don't um, I don't I don't actively. Get, try to get to know who's who in the city like right now but I'm saying um, or maybe like I'm saying the 2014-ish up you know or up to 2014 I, I was never really um, it wasn't hugely important to me at the time I guess like to to get to to get to know the people within the health and wellness industry even though that was something that I was interested in but being involved you know with Yang Fitness I think it helped to um, it kind of pushed me to to get to know more people, but it provided me that opportunity mm-hmm. in a very natural way, yeah. you know, in an organic way. Totally. In your photography career, what is the gig that brought you the most joy? Just in doing that job, you felt happiest. That's, that's a tough... That's a tough question. Um, I would say uh, there, there's one that there's one that kind of stands out. Um, I, I would say it's the whole process, you know, that that kind of stands out and and makes me feel good about about what I do and um, and what it is. It's like this whole thing is like. Um, um, I'll tell you how it came. Shoot for um, a home builder in in Edmonton, and um, how that came about was my my wife. Uh, she she had this like um, she was like researching things to do with our son, and she was she just searches and she said. And she found this one thing was like a grand opening um, in near like Windermere and um, homes they were like, they were gonna have like this ice slide and they were gonna have this uh, horse-drawn carriage ride around the community and like uh, that excited her. And so I, uh, like, yeah, that could be fun for Carrie, you know, to go down the slide, the ice slide. So we go, we go to this, this place and I look at the show homes and I'm like, wow, this is like, these are beautiful. And I, uh, you know, we have a good time there. And as I'm walking around the house, I see that they have on the TV screens, uh, they got these pictures that, that are showing um, pictures of like other homes. And I'm looking at these pictures and I'm thinking, hey, like someone shot these pictures for this, uh, this company. I'm thinking like, I can do that. Like I, I shot you know, like interiors before for large companies and thinking like, why didn't I think of shooting show homes? You know, so I, uh, it just, it clicked that day. And so then what I did was I, I, um, I emailed the uh, marketing team at this company and um, 
it just so happened that it was like, well, right place at the right time. She, um, the marketing manager said, hey, Chan, thanks for messaging me. And um, she said, yeah, you know what? We'd, uh, we are in the process and are looking at adding more photographers to our, our roster, you know? So w- what happened there was like, I still had to um, prove my value. Like the job wasn't just like given to me. So, but the opportunity was like the opportunity came out of nothing, I guess. Like it, it came out of me showing up to this fun event, right? But so I've, so we, so this, this uh, marketing manager gave me an opportunity to show what I can do. So I did like, I worked my ass off. I did this, this, um, I did like our first shoot, um, you know, provided these amazing images. And she, she told me that she was very happy with uh, the results that she was getting and that she said she would like to continue to work with me. And that was like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like that, um, that was like me passing a test, you know, that, um, because she also had other photographers working with her at the time. So yeah. she could have said no to me too. So I was thankful that, um, uh, you know, that opportunity was presented there. And then, you know, so through that process, um, I've worked with this company now since 2017. So like a couple years now, and they're one of my largest uh, clients right now. So this kind of sticks out to me is that um, they are the type of client that I would say, um, they're the kind that I enjoy, really, really enjoy working with because um, do. Um, they, they're, they're easy to work with. They, um, they pay on time. They pay me really well, and uh, I feel comfortable with um, the like the marketing manager, the coordinator I work with, and it's um, the communications there. It's it's easy. Um, they tell me what they're looking for. I provide it, and from what what I'm getting out of this, what I guess what I'm saying out of this opportunity is that why this sticks out is like. If you was there, um, you know, at this event, like it, it kind of clicked there, I t- and then I, I, um, I took this opportunity to reach out, and uh, and then I was able to show my, uh, you know, and it worked out. So it, it, it's essentially like it's it's a kind of the whole process, you know, like to to actually, to actually, gain something of value to you, like you know, to actually do something like, you have to take a chance. I took a chance by reaching out to this company. I took a chance in like, I, you know, to putting in my work when I was given, when I was being tested there. And, um, you know, and I'm, and I'm just, um, just constantly developing this relationship with this client. So it's, it's nice. It's just yeah. like, this is, if I get to have more clients like them, um, like, or all of them be like them, you know, but in the in the line of work that I do, um, there's it, you know it ranges. It ranges in terms of like um, the types of relationships you have. Like you know, like some people, some people hire me that they just want to. It's kind of like um, in and out type of thing. They just want me to go in, do the work, and it's like I'll do it if you want to pay me to do that. Then I'll do that. And if they're like they just kind of call me when they need me, but. But I'm saying those types of clients, I don't have that same relationship with this like home builder. So yeah, yeah, totally. And that correlates a lot with like my industry as a trainer, 
there the thing that gets me is i'll see like a paid advertisement and it's like are you a burnt out trainer are you drained from your clients I'm like no actually like i get a high from working with people and being around people to an extent like i also have to have things in my day that are for me and able to maintain that like i have to have to be very picky i have to have certain routines that are in play when i'm working with my client i am fulfilled by making other people better like fully like more resilient mentally able to believe in their abilities physically it's not my going to get stronger because i believe in what i do but I'm not going to think of it as but I'm going to look at the byproduct of how their life changed and that's where I'm going to see the most value and that's a lot in the same as how you in how good it feels to work with someone that with you yeah and sees the value in you that you see in you which makes absolutely what you're what you're describing there where it's like it's not transactional right i think that's the kind of relationships that are going to be most um valuable and, and the most fulfilling it's like so like as, as i said like even if i relate to you like so you have some clients in personal training where um the kind of um, relationships you have you might have a like a core group that you have a tight relationship or, I don't know or it's just some might feel more transactional I don't know like even though like you put in your best effort to not make it that way but maybe it's because it's not you it's them like they they might want it to be more transactional yeah right? and for whatever reason and that's okay but what I'm saying is that there's um there's gonna be a spread like there's gonna be a, a range of um the types of relationships that you have with your clients and um you know like you can only try your best but um you know like there uh, you're gonna have that range and it's going to be there you can't have that super amazing relationship with every single one of your clients it's just I don't I don't know like I don't think it's I don't think it's realistic to expect that because yeah. it's like because and the reason why I say that's because there's the other component like you can control what you do, but you can't control what your your clients do, right? So it just, those are factors that are kind of, I would say, out of your control. So, but it's definitely more fulfilling when you're focusing on that core group that like, they, yeah, like what you said, they, they value you for you, right? And, and that's what I'm trying to get to, is that trying to work with clients that are in that area. Totally. And, you know. Well, it's that full spectrum, because I totally, I have clients that have followed me in a big loop-de-loop -loop around Edmonton and I have clients that come to see me for one session they just need a refresh they need to make sure that they're doing a cable row right and deadlifting embracing their core and then that's what suits them so that's what suits me because I'm there to cater to them right and you're gonna give when you see that client you always give your client 100% right yeah. and um, but you're gonna and and that's um, that's all you can do right that's like in the sense that like you're you're gonna um, you can't ask for more. Right? We can hold the roadmap, but it's their roadmap. Yeah. 
So I got to go to our last question, which is one that I ask all of my guests. And it's if you could give one piece of advice on how to authentically live your life to the fullest, what would that piece of advice be? Hmm. I'll take some time to think about this. <laughs> um, I think, I think it's going to come down to living, you know, what matters to you. So what matters to me is not going to be the same as what matters to someone else, right? So what I'm saying is what's authentic for me is not a, you know, not necessarily, it might not um, be relevant or what other people might feel is authentic for them. So, but if you're asking me like, well, you know, for me, um, you know, how do I live my most like authentic life? Then um, it's staying true to your, it's staying true to your values, like what matters to you. And, and you know, for me, what matters, uh, what matters to me is, is giving, um, is being able to make a difference in the lives of other people. And there's a, there's a good reason, like for me, why, why does that matter? Like it didn't, I didn't just like, appear to thin air one day where it's like, I, or I woke up and was like, Hey, I want to make a difference in other people's lives or because, or because, um, that's what it's, it's popular on social media right now or something. Right. And it's like, no, um, I'll share something that, um, I'll share, I'll share why, why, you know, why is that? Um, I came to this country. Uh, my family came to this country as refugees from Cambodia and um, and we came here because uh, um, there was genocide happening in Cambodia, and we had we came to this country with with nothing. Um, so we were just we came here as like landed immigrants and as like refugees, and and my family, my parents had to work for everything that was given to them. Like sorry, that was that that they that they that they have. Sorry, um, like and I've said so like nothing was like given to them I, I would say like other than the opportunity to be here and that to me I, I take that to heart that the, the the hard work that they've had to put in the sacrifice to be where they're at today and but I also look at um, okay well you know the government of Canada gave my family an opportunity like to even you know to allow us to come here as refugees you know like they, that's very special and they gave my family that opportunity and so like I I grew up poor. I know what it feels like, and I know what it I know what it felt like to to not have a coach, you know, to not have a mentor, um, you know. But I also know that th that there were people in my life though, like that what that it did matter with that there was you know a coach and a mentor in my life. So I had that later on in life. But when I had that, it's like wow, that's an amazing feeling. So and what did they do for me? Well, they made my life better. They they enriched my life. So. Um, I want to give back to people because it's something that's ingrained in my soul. Like that's something that I'll never forget this opportunity that was given to me. Um, so, you know, to me, that's, that's living my authentic life. And, and it's like, well, yeah, so I've been doing like, I've been feeling this way since I was a kid, like to, to be a leader, to, to, to make a difference in people's lives. You know, um, and basically, well, you got to make a choice to do that. So, I, um, I'm, I'm living it through, you know, doing to to doing urban through doing urban yeg. 
I'm, um, you know, I'm a mentor to, to, uh, to, the, to the creatives, to, to the group, and I'm giving back in a way I can. So, um, that's, so to answer your question, I think like that's it. It's, it's like, um, what are you like living, um, living your, your, your core values? But, you know, not everybody, not everybody knows what that is, right? Not, like, not everybody has that maybe strong of a feeling as, um, you know, they might not, they might not have figured out what their, like, core values are and whatnot. And it's like, I, but for me, it's like, it, it became apparent at a very young age. And so I have been, you know, living that authentic kind of, you know, staying true to my values since I was quite young. So, and I'm very happy and fortunate now that um, I have found this, um, you know, this opportunity of, of being able to get back through to Irving End. I like it. This has been good. So thanks for joining me. Thank you very much. And uh, thanks for listening. All right. We'll catch you soon. Hoping that you enjoyed the episode. If you could do me a huge favor and share on social media or leave a rating it really helps build traction for the podcast and it's honestly at the end of the day it's just a nice compliment to know that our conversation was heard and somebody got some value out of it otherwise on the other end of the speaker when we are talking into the microphone we're not necessarily all that clear on who who is on the other side so it's just nice to know so nothing else send chan a message tell him it was cool getting to know more about him i think he'd really appreciate it thanks for listening thanks for the support